<laughs> this is Tracy Harrell, and you are tuning in to Bigger Than Me. And I am here for you. Just to be clear, when we say it's bigger than me, guess what? It's not only bigger than me, but this show is all about you. Because together, it's not bigger than us. And that's what this show is all about. We talk about how you can live your best life. One of my passions in life is really on this topic of leadership. How can we all be better leaders? I also focus on how can you live every aspect of your life in a more successful way. And I am super excited. There's lots of decor in the room. Thank you very much for that. My producer was very kind to me. <laughs> so I am an official certified success coach. Yes, 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 yes. You saw it here first. Success Magazine, the magazine that is celebrating 125 years. I am officially a certified success coach. So now I'm working with a community of coaches who are all about what we can do to help you achieve your dreams, the goals that you identify. Let's make sure that 2022 is a year where you do exactly what you intend to do. That's what this show is about. So one of the things we're going to talk about is, if I didn't mention this previously, this is my first LinkedIn Live. We've been doing this work, Facebook Live and YouTube Live, but now we're LinkedIn Live because guess what? LinkedIn family, this is for you. It's for you. It's about you right? It's about how you can do what you say you want to do. There's not one leader in corporate America that isn't talking about inclusion, that isn't talking about what we can do, what you can do, what you're already doing to change the status quo. Well, good news for you (laughs) is that we are going to help you to do that work in community. When I mentioned that this is my passion, did I mean, did I also mention that I am doing this as a part of a community. I'm also president of the Seattle chapter of the National Black MBA Association. That's MBA for Masters in Business Administration. Not NBA, because I like to tell Nathan, my producer, I don't have a hoop game, (laughs) right? But what I do have is we have a community of individuals who this organization was founded 52 years ago by MBAs at the University of Chicago who were focused on how what we can do to change the status quo, to improve the outlook within business and within our community. And so today, 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 we have a couple of quick videos I'm going to share with you that give you a little glimpse of who I am and why this work is important and why the organization that I'm a part of, one of the organizations that I'm a part of, the National Black MBA Association, how they are committed to doing this work. Now, what's also exciting is my new success family, my success coaching family, Ben Fairchild, and there's a whole um, slew of amazing people, Eli and Don. Uh, Is it Fairchild or Fairfield? I should should know that. I apologize, Ben, (laughs) with with success. But what, what I will say is they've committed to also support this work. And what we've done is we've aligned the objective of achieving inclusion in business, which we all say we want. The truth is we know how to do it. And we have a number of success coaches who, again, when you think about success, success is not, you know, an imaginary game. There's a very clear roadmap on how to achieve success. So what I'm excited to do is to talk about a series of books that I'm writing. 
I am an international bestseller already. I've contributed to three books that became international bestsellers, Ignite Happiness, Ignite Your Inner Spirit, and Ignite Possibilities. And in those three books, I wrote what I called my inclusion origin story. Like, why is this so important to me and why is this important for us to get the work done? Well, again, what we're going to show you this first video is just a little glimpse of the last chapter in the next book that I'm writing. So the book series that is kicking off, and I just spoke to my publisher on my way to the studio, uh, Curry Brothers Publishing, um, and, and what they shared with me is we're, we're on a fast track to get this out there. And so this last chapter of the book that's part of this Bigger Than Me success series is called Unapologetically Black, Fostering Inclusion and Living Beyond a Hashtag. So we've had a series of webinars, community webinars, that we've had leaders and organizations, and we're going to continue that work for the next few months where we bring you in and invite you to also share your, your story of inclusion, right? What successes are you having and what challenges are you having? Because the goal is for us to do this work together. So the book is called, the book series is called The Bigger Than Me Success Series, and the initiative, the training that I've been doing which I'm so proud of, is called Transformational Inclusive Leadership. I've trademarked that term. It's something that I've created out of six different types of leadership. It's part of, partly adaptive leadership. It's partly inclusive leadership. It's partly servant leadership, right? It's, 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 a, it's a combination of a process as well as an experience. These are about having ex inclusion experiences. We do it through positive psychology, four principles. Number one is positive psychology. Number two is adaptive leadership, creating a safe space for us to learn and grow together. Number three is this idea of self-directed learning. And the fourth foundational principle is this idea of growth mindset in action. So not just growth mindset. Carol Dweck, we love you. Thank you for the ideas around growth mindset. But if what you're saying is not aligned with what you're doing, that's where the challenges start. That's where they end. That's where progress ends. And so what we're doing as a success coach is helping you to do what you say and say what you mean and then take actions to move to that space. So we're going to have Nathan go ahead and start with video number one. And it was taken at the national conference with our national leaders for the National Black MBA Association. And this is it's really cool because the book is going to have an audio book as well as a video book. It's these type of videos that are going to be part of it. I'm so excited. So go ahead, Nathan. Oh, hello, this is Tracy Harrell. I'm president of the Seattle chapter of the National Black MBA Association. I'm also president of It's All Bigger Than Me Consulting, and Joe has been a part of some amazing sessions we've done. This is Joe Handy, our national president, and we're focused on equity and inclusion. If any organization can make systemic change, it's the National Black MBA Association. So I'm going to have each of these amazing people introduce themselves and tell us why is equity and inclusion so important, and what are we going to do? What are you ready to do? As a, as a leader of the National Black MBA Association. We'll start with you, Joe. My name is Joe Handy. I'm president and CEO of the National Black MBA Association, as Tracy stated. Uh, Tracy and I have a long history of having conversations about this very topic. And one of the things that we see that resonates within our community is the need to be able to have a voice for our community and the need to have people, our companies in particular, live beyond a hashtag and show that there is 
focus and emphasis in what they're doing beyond what they're saying. So instead of just putting a plaster on their website, we want to see where those dollars are going. We want to ensure that they're going into serving our community, as was stated in public statements. So we want to make sure that we're holding them accountable and creating a scorecard of where they were then and where they are now. So we're looking at developing all of those processes and having them in place to ensure that diversity, equity, and inclusion is not just something that they're talking about, but it's actually something that they're doing and they're feeding. So you're a chapter president and you're part of the board. So I'm a former chapter president for Methods, but hi, my name is Leslie Coleman. I am vice president chief diversity officer for Nutrien, and I'm also chair of the HR committee for the board of directors for the National Black MBA. Super excited to be here. Of course, diversity means a whole lot to me. Um, but one of the things that one of our folks said on our spotlight was talking about a culture of care. That's what the National Black MBA provides to all of our members and also folks who are constituents and colleagues of the National Black MBA. Super excited that we allow people to bring their whole selves to conference and also give them confidence in bringing and taking their whole selves to work. Glad to be here. Yes. Hello, I'm Don Comer and I am the chair of the National Board of Directors of the National Black MBA Association. A long time, lifetime member, and I'm excited to be here this morning. Diversity and inclusion is what we're all about. We are unapologetically black, and it is our mission to make sure that we advance the causes that, that enrich lives for people of color and those who look like us. Uh, I am uh, totally invested in HBCUs, and I love what the national organization is able to do to move forward the agenda in that particular space. When you look at the span of, of a career, it's uh, learning, earning, and returning. And we want to touch at every phase of that. We want to grow, we want to develop people, we want to enrich the lives of HBCU students. So we want to balance the scale, give them an equal place at the, starting, at the start of a race, and then propel them to compete and be successful. I love it. We have another board member with us today. Tell us who you are. Why, why is equity, why is inclusion even more important than equity? Diversity, because when they bring us in, they have to keep us. Tell us talk about inclusion. Sir, my name is Cassius Butts. I'm a former White House official with the Obama administration. I'm currently Chief Strategy Officer for Global Leader Group. Uh, it is important for us to have inclusion uh, to be at the forefront of every conversation, particularly in today's time. Uh, the reason why the National Black MBA Association uh, has an emphasis on inclusion is because we have to be having even playing field to just to get ahead. There's no other place other than the National Black, uh, uh, which I like to call National Black. <laughs> I think we all like that. Can you like that? We all like that. I like that. It gives us the opportunity to really identify ourselves and also allow other folks on the external side of our organization know who we are. This organization has been around for over 50 years, and we want to make sure that people know that what we are about, what we have to offer, we have a life. A lot of professional opportunities, professional development initiatives that help corporate uh, endeavors of people who are looking to go into different endeavors and so it's important. Our board chair has been exemplifying that for a number of years. He's been dedicated to it. Our new CEO Joe Handy comes from the world of making sure certain that everyone has an opportunity for inclusion. No matter whether you're in Seattle, Washington, or Florida, or even right here in Chicago, Illinois. Mm. And by the way, we're in Chicago for the 43rd annual conference. The organization was founded here 52 years ago. So this is just the first of many conversations. We really are 
creating an inclusive environment where everyone can thrive. So there's more to come. Our theme is renew, refresh, and reset for this conference and for the year. We want you to renew and reset your idea of what inclusion looks like. More to come. Thanks. <laughs> I love that video. That was so impromptu. That was me following an amazing session saying, hey guys, come over, let's do a quick video. There was no, there was no plan at all. It was really just us having a conversation. And, and that means this was just an authentic reflection of who we are as an organization. And if I tell you a little bit more about who I am as a person, I'm someone who likes to elevate the voices of others. So as opposed to you hearing any more of my voice, I'm going to share a really cool video that I did also at the conference. And it was with uh, comedian uh, Damon, <laughs> Damon Williams, who, who happened to be uh, one of the presenters at the national conference. So we're going to go ahead and uh, check out this video. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is Tracy Harrell, and I'm here with the famous, infamous <laughs> Damien Williams. I'm just joking. Damon Williams. Damon, right. how are you? <laughs> Doing fantastic. And for those of you who don't know, that's an inside joke. Um, <laughs> so I have to tell her, Damien is the devil, and that ain't my name. <laughs> texted him with that and he was so gracious he said sure i'll be happy to meet with you tomorrow uh it's damon by the way not damien with <laughs> like, no sixes no six six sixes no antlers you i met you at the national black nba association at the national conference you Correct. were hilarious you were <laughs> amazing but you were also very serious about the work tell us about how, tell us about what that experience was like for you and why it was important for you to get up there and talk about inclusion and diversity and, and, and doing the right thing, us coming together to, to lead change. Well, uh, SMS speakers invited me to be a part of the panel with the gentleman uh, whose names escapes me right now. Um, I'm going to have uh, them on too, so don't worry about it. We'll give him some credit later on. Yes. Good, good. Uh, he wrote a book about humor and just how humor uh, can be implemented throughout corporate America as well. So they invited me to add humor to his presentation. Uh, what they didn't expect is me to also have, you know, insightful commentary and, and you know, more information in that, in that area. So it was a good synergy between his seriousness with attempts to be funny and my funny with attempts to be serious. Yes, yes, it was absolutely amazing. So what I love about you is, tell, tell us what was the one insight, and I'm sweating because I was just telling you, I literally just got off of a treadmill. I worked out live for 30 minutes after not working out for probably two years. I worked out live on Facebook for 30 minutes because what I decided is this work around equity and inclusion, it sounds a little wacky, but you, it seemed to land with you, right? This work around equity and inclusion is relatively easy. We know what to do. We have solutions. Are people willing to do the work? Right. And I'm becoming okay. a certified success coach, as I was telling you, I don't know if you can see that, but certified success coach. And what they said is coaches have to be more accountable for themselves. And so I'm a hundred pounds overweight. So how am I, what, what level of accountability? I can still be accountable and tell you what to do, but I will feel much better ensuring that I'm showing you how to be successful. Cause there are basic things that we need to do to be successful. Right. Indeed. Doing the work is one of them. Doing the basic stuff day by day, changing your beliefs about a thing and then just doing it. So you came yeah. up and you gave some basics too. talk about that. Well, you know, it, it's really common sense. But from a corporate standpoint, uh, you can't assume that common sense is common. So a lot of people <laughs> like, wait, wait. like Hold on. I'm not going to let you just drop that one and keep moving. No, okay. no, no. Say yeah. that again. 
You cannot assume in a corporate structure that common sense is common. Uh, the fact that in this day and age, there are still Caucasian women that think it's okay to touch black women's hair or even to inquire about touching black women's hair. If you're in a workplace and you're like, oh, your hair is so, it's so different. Can I touch it? No, you cannot touch it. You cannot pat it. I have the same issue sometimes with people and women, especially uh, your head is so shiny. Can I rub it? No, I'm married. Nobody rubs my head, but my wife, you know, so it's common, common sense will tell you, no, you can't rub my hair. I remember this, this guy, he meant no harm by it, but I was sitting and I was doing autographs uh, on DVDs I was selling after the show. And it was an all white audience, um, Chicago at Zanies. And one of the guys, he was so happy. He was enjoying himself. I was so funny to him, but he's like, man, you're the greatest, man. He just, he grabbed me. He just like kissed the top of my forehead. You know, my, I'm like, dude, you know, <laughs> and gave me a little pat. I'm like, man, I ain't no cocker spaniel, you know? So that's why you need these classes. And you would think you wouldn't need to tell people to not uh, invade your personal space or invade your culture, cultural space. So, and, and we don't want special or preferential treatment. We just want equal opportunities and equal respect. And, and it's disrespectful sometimes to ask certain things and to do certain things. And so we, we discuss humor being implemented in a situation like one of the questions, when is it? okay to be funny at the workplace. The only way you should try to be funny is if you know the joke that you're trying to tell will make the person you're telling it laugh. In other words, if there's something that's kind of inappropriate, make sure it's something that they can laugh about. That's what I'm saying about this whole Dave Chappelle, you know, um, cancel culture and things of that nature. If he just told jokes about transphobic or he not mean, excuse the word transphobic, about transgendered people, he wouldn't come across transphobic if he were making them laugh as well, as opposed to making them the brunt of the joke. So it's tact, you know, and, and, and everybody doesn't have that skill. So that's why we need success coaches like yourself to let people know how to deal with these things. I love it. I love it. So what, what, did, what did you feel? What was that experience like to be at the Black NBA and see all those successful Black people trying to do some things, right? Collecting. I mean, there was there were days of, of of training and sessions and connecting and jamming. We were having a good time too. You had to have a good time with it. Indeed. And we were in your town. We were in Chicago, turning it up. So, how did that feel to be around so many people? Because for me, part of this work, it really does have a collective. It, it requires community. It requires us to do, to do this together. Why is that togetherness and that connectivity so important? Well, the greatest part about it is it's. Um, the young people that are involved and so that people that uh in, in their generation and, and generations that after them will have more diversity and inclusion and you know so it's good that generation is is woke but it also is good to see that many people like-minded coming together for betterment of themselves of the culture of the corporate climate and and things of that nature so i, I was encouraged by it and i look forward to doing more of them you know, I'd like to be on that circuit a little more because that was my first. No, it's my second time with something with the NBA. Um, but it was definitely, you know, something I like to be more involved with because I think I have a voice and I have a perspective that they probably need to hear. No, that they definitely need to hear. So I'm president of the Seattle chapter of the National Black NBA Association. I'm also president of It's All Bigger Than Me Consulting. So I'm actually leading this Bigger Than Me success series for the National Black NBA. And I'm leading it on a string and a budget, without a budget. 
So yeah. that won't be the case for long. But what I'm asking you is, can we can we continue to have your voice a little bit along this way as we bring sponsors in to, to continue to elevate the conversation? Would you be comfortable with that? You can say no, and it won't feel the kind of, no kind of way about it. But I'm just letting I you know. Can't say I, no. I can't say important. no while you record me on Zoom. If it was a no, I'd have to say yes now. I'd be like, uh. No, <laughs> what but... happened was <laughs> my, no, my people's wasn't on the call. Uh, yeah. And Damien, uh, <laughs> Damien can do it, but Damien, not so much. <laughs> good, good one. You like that? Uh, yeah, certainly. Um, I mean, I believe in in, in movement building uh, as well as potential for things to take place further. It's not always about money with me. Uh, you know, I got bills. But, you know, if I have time and, and availability, then I'd be happy to, you know, lend my voice until, you know, we grow this thing and, and it becomes a, a huge success and an example and a template for other uh, people to follow. And, you know, then that will create more opportunity. I, I love it. And it, it is about elevating our voices. So I showed a video to you. Um, it's part of the, the, the kickoff of this next series. So I've been doing this Bigger Than Me success series for a while. So the next phase of it, the next session is coming up in December. I want to not date this video because you're so amazing, but it's coming up here shortly. Um, but the video was called Unapologetically Black, Fostering Inclusion and Living Beyond the Hashtag. And I, and I use that specific language because our president and CEO, Joe Handy, loves to say that we're going to hold companies accountable for, um, you know, to, to live beyond a hashtag, what they what they post on their websites, and our and our board chairman likes to say we are unapologetically black, right? He talks about HBCUs, etc. So first, talk. Let's see, is is that what unapologetic? Tell me, talk about talk about what unapologetically black means. So people are gonna be like, mm, really, what does that mean to you? It means that being black is not something you have to apologize for. It's not something you have to even acknowledge. It is what you are, and you are who you are, and you're proud of it. You know, I, I love the skin I'm in. I love who we are and what we do. Uh, those of us that are definitely being prominent and, and uh, trying to do things in a proper way uh, and lead by an example. And so, you know, that's why I'm sitting in front of this flag. I can't wait to Juneteenth. I'm gonna be on. We're gonna be out there like, like, like Cinco de Mayo this year in Chicago. I'm getting these flags everywhere. They turned it. They, I mean, they shut it down in Chicago. Yes, that's wow. right. You are. Yeah, you yeah, saw. Yeah, we it. were there yeah. doing Cinco. De, yeah, we were there doing whatever they were. Oh, it was September. Whatever it was. What was? No, it? I guess you all were here for Mexican independence. It's two different things. But regardless, there you go. yes. They definitely represent the flags on the hood of the cars. They, they fly in from the back of the car. So I'm doing my flag. That inspired me. I'm like, okay, I'm getting me a flag as well. Unapologetically black. So what would you say? What would you say to white people who are like, what, is, what, I, I, what does that mean exactly? Like, what, 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 I heard what you, you gave a great description, but, but what, what, what would that other information be no, that I you would share with leaders? Because us being unapologetically black does not, uh, threaten your whiteness. You know, you can be unapologetically white, you know, but you do have to apologize for some of the things white people have done in the past, you know, or at least acknowledge it and understand where we're coming from a place of disadvantage based on your ancestral uh, misdeeds. So that being the case, you don't have to feel offended by our blackness and you don't have to hide your whiteness, you know. Um, and so everybody can be who you are. I mean, Italian-Americans, um, French Americans, Spanish Americans, Mexican Americans, African Americans, you know, let's, it's, it's, it's inclusion and diversity. So, you know, lighten up if you can. Uh, white people, don't, don't take it so serious, but let us celebrate ourselves because the more we celebrate ourselves, the more our esteem is risen, then the, the more uh, um, 
I believe prosperous will be, you know, the more productive we'll be. If we lead by example for our youth, as opposed to some of the negative images that they're receiving on a daily basis, and let us be unapologetically black and, and, and show examples of what that is, then down the line, you will benefit as well, because we'll always benefit as a society. Damon Williams, the comedian, is also a, a theologian, a, a doctor. I mean, you killing it. Praise, praise, preach, brother, preach. That was good. I got mama, two last, two, two, two final mama, questions for you. Is that okay? What were you, you going to say? I said, my mama thinks I should be a preacher, but she didn't take us to church when we was young, so my scriptures were off. <laughs> yeah, scriptures, you just preached right there, brother. That was beautiful. Two, two final questions for you. You heard Joe Handy actually talk about you know, living beyond a hashtag. Companies made all these statements during George Floyd about what they were going to do and how they were about this and about that. But the lived right. experience for many of us are not as we would hope they would be. What are your thoughts about how do we help companies to live beyond a hashtag? Well, you got to keep your foot on the gas and keep the pressure on for them to uh, definitely be accountable for their, their situation. Um, if you made all these uh, proclamations of unity and, and, and support during, you know, the unrest, now is the time to keep the work going. And, and it's also time for all those people that were out protesting. It's not just about the photo op and, and the march. It's about the, the work being done afterwards. My son is an activist, but he's continuously and constantly working toward all the goals of their organization. Let us breathe in Chicago. Let us breathe 773 on Instagram. Um, and I see what it takes to have, get, to get the, the results, you know, it's, it's cool to have the hashtag and the, you know, the photo op, but it definitely it, it takes work in the trenches on a daily basis to get, you know, the, the, the actual outcome that we all seek. I love it. My last question for this particular session, and I do look forward to following up with you. <clears throat> so, you know, the, this work is called the Bigger Than Me Success Series. I'm a success coach, right? My company is called It's All Bigger Than Me Consulting. There's a song by Leandra Johnson. I got to give her credit. It's called Bigger Than Me. It's my, my theme anthem, okay? So uh, someone sent me a text message. One of our past board chairmen for the Black Community sent me a text saying, girl, you got to see um, uh, uh, Kevin Hart was just on CBS with Gail King, and he was talking about something that was bigger than me. Right. And he was using this bigger than me concept. And you're here because it's bigger than you. You said, Tracy, I'm in. What kind can I help? So let's talk about this concept of bigger than me. Why is this concept of it's being bigger than me and showing these successes? Why is this so important? And what does that mean to you? Well, when it comes to Kevin Hart, everybody's bigger than him. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I was right there. I had to I was right there. I didn't even um, know I was just giving you a softball. Yeah. Kevin, but, we love you and would love to have you come talk about. Um, Absolutely. He's, he's, <laughs> he's inspirational. He's he's the goat of the present right now as far as what he's doing. And that that, that explains how he's doing what he's doing uh, and what that statement means to me and what it meant to me from him saying it. I, I saw an interview with him when they were talking about Chappelle uh, and, and it might have been about pre it might have been pre special, but it was about the cancel culture. And Kevin said, whereas Dave is an entity and he's an individual, uh, Kevin is is more of a, a conglomerate and what he does affects lots of lives and households. If something, you know, he has a, a radio network, he has, you know, um, several production companies and things that make, so he has employees. So if he gets canceled, it may trickle down to all of them losing opportunities. So it's bigger than him. So he can't just be willy nilly and be bogus. If he decides to cross the line, he has to be really um, uh, intentional in his, his statements and things that he does publicly. Excuse my uh, my stutter. Um, oh, that's good. 
Yeah, so that, that's what bigger than me means. Bigger than me means it's not about you and, and, and what you do can help and affect others. And, and that's really the whole basis of bigger than me for me. I mean, what I do on a smaller level is bigger than me as well. I have a lot of people who rely upon me in the comedy industry for bookings and things of that nature here in Chicago. Um, and then across the industry, I've been very beneficial to some that have gone on to do great things. And so that makes it bigger than me. When I'm doing what I do, I didn't do it just for me, I did it for them and they go on exponentially and help others. And that's, you know, the pay it forward message. Wow. But this is so amazing. Thank you so much, David Williams. You said your son is doing some work and it's called Less. Let Us Breathe 773? Yeah, that's their uh, Instagram. Uh, look up Let Us Breathe Chicago. Uh, he has a, a, a community center called The Breathing Room right in Inglewood, uh, West Inglewood in Chicago. He and his sister uh, founded that organization. And they're just doing work. Uh, he's also with the Shy, to Shy Torture, C-H-I Torture, which is... Um, people of, of victims of domestic torture, like our Chicago Police Department lost a, a, a major lawsuit because there were a lot of torture-induced confessions and things of that nature. So my son, I'm very proud of his work out here, Damon Williams as well. He's uh, Damon underscore AF on Instagram. And I'm Damon Williams Comedy on everything, including my website. Love it. And Damon, how do people come find you in Chicago? Because we were there for the conference and you were hilarious. What, what's going on with your life? What would you like to share with people? Because this is going to be out there. We're going to push this out there, wherever out there is. I mean, I, everything uh, on, um, I post everything on Instagram, to be honest. I'm constantly, okay. that's, that's Damon Williams Comedy, at Damon Williams Comedy. Uh, but I have a film that's out right now on Hulu called White People Money. Um, there's also a film that we just completed called Can't Get Right. It's being edited. I'm also in, I just realized that Melanie Camacho shot a film and I didn't know what she was doing with it, but she just had a premiere screening of it yesterday, uh, in Los Angeles and a lot of people in that movie. I mean, from Tiffany Haddish to John Witherspoon, it was his last film appearance before he passed away. My wife and myself have a scene, uh, and that movie is called Boosters. So those are things coming out. Um, otherwise I'm touring perpetually, you know, I'm always on the road doing these comedy shows and clubs and uh, just look for all that on Instagram and I'll be back to talk about it and, and recap later. I love it. This is Tracy Harrell. It's bigger than me, but together it's not bigger than us. We got this. Thanks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Don't you love that? So I have like thousands, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of videos of amazing people. So this next video series, the book that is being produced this, it's part of this Bigger Than Me success series, right? And it's the conversations. And you can go to my YouTube channel. It still needs to be organized, but we're working on that. Uh, I, have, I have a publisher as well as the success team. They're so amazing. So we have all this great content. We have a clear roadmap on what to do to truly create inclusion. We're having fun with it, too. Like, it doesn't have to be a traumatic experience <laughs> to talk about inclusion. That's a good thing. I actually, um, anyway, I have so much I want to share, but I'm going to go to the next video. And the next video is with the president and CEO of the National Black NBA Association, Joe Handy. Take it a away. A little bit deeper. When you use the terminology around living beyond the hashtag. If you were talking to one of our corporate sponsors, what would you tell them that actually means? I would say, I would ask them what that means. I would say, what does it mean for you to be beyond, to live beyond a hashtag that you put up on your website or you get the culture of your company around? What does it mean to you to support black businesses, to support diversity, equity, and inclusion? And what does it mean to you to go through this sort of reckoning that's been happening in our country. 
So if it means something to you, let's let's talk about that as a baseline. And then let's talk about what that means as far as actionable items, because the action can't just be putting a hashtag on your website, getting your company and the support around your company around this hashtag. It has to be more meaningful activity activities that's sustainable. It can't just be a catchphrase. And that's what I mean by living beyond a hashtag. The hashtags are simply something that breaks through the noise and, and resonates with people, but it has to be more than that. It has to be actionable items that actually show something that changes. It's beyond, it's more. I love it. I love it. And Joe, what, what I love about you is you're showing up. You're relatively new in the organization and you're showing up trying to make some waves. You're like, hey, things cannot be the same. I'm not going to leave them the same. No. And, and, right? The status quo is a recipe for failure. If you continue to keep things the way they are, you never grow, you never develop. And we are at a point where we need to grow, we need to blossom, we need to develop. We need to see some change. And we are. And what I, what I also love about you is, you know, uh, during the video, we heard, I think it was Leslie, she mentioned this term, a culture of care. And she talked yeah. about how the National Black MBA really is about creating a safe space for our members. We're also about creating a safe space and, and an environment, a loving environment of change for our sponsors, like for our students. Like this is the work that we were meant to do. And I'm doing this work as president of the Seattle chapter, but I'm also doing it because this is this is my thing. This is my jam, right? This is like, right, where I know right, we right. have the answers. We have the answers and I know it's bigger than me. Right. This is why this is called the bigger than me successories. It takes someone like you to make a declaration that this is bigger than us. So would you talk to someone along the lines of this concept of a culture of care? I've had I've done thousands of interviews with our people, leaders and professionals. So if you think about people who've been in this journey for decades, who might be less than optimistic than I am, who might be less excited that now is our time for change. What would you say to give people hope? as it relates to this culture of care. And we do have therapists that are going to be part of the conversations, but what would you say to people to give them hope that, that now is the time for them to lean back in, right? And for us to create this culture of care in this community where we can all move through the next level together. Yeah, so I would, what, how I would respond to that is um, we need to be supportive of our community and we need to be supportive of those that we work with because We have experienced in many cases, the burden of being the only. We have experienced the burden of having to represent our entire culture. So we wanna make sure that we come into our workspace and we approach our black coworkers with that same level of grace and that same level of care, appreciating the fact that they have gotten here and they've gotten here dealing with, in many cases, the same challenges that we've had to deal with. And there should be this sort of support network and this caring and grace that exists. So it's not a matter of leaving someone off on their own to do something. It's a matter of saying, how can I be helpful? How can I be caring? How can I lean in and be supportive to help uplift our community? Because we can't just continue to be the only. And we understand that the, that in many cases, unfortunately, until things change, we shoulder the burden of representing our entire community. So how we show up represents who will be able to show up behind us. So being able to uh, care for one another and being able to understand that it is bigger than us 
is a, is indicative of what has happened in our community. And some you may have heard me say this before, but I also want us to remember that in many cases, when we see black executives or or black folks in positions of power, it is the turtle on a fence. We see them there, and we know they didn't get there on their own. So we have to continue to reach forward and be ambitious in our careers. We should also reach back to pull people up with us because we are representing what will be generations to come as far as acceptance, as far as understanding the value that we bring to our, our businesses, our companies, our work, our careers, because that is going to allow for folks that look like us to be able to have a smoother path to come in behind us. So it's a matter of caring for those that are on our, on our peer level and that we work with, but also recognizing that we need to be able to be grounded in our skills in order to allow for folks that are coming behind us to be able to have a smoother path and folks to look at us as a representative of what is to come. I love it. Yes, yes, and yes. Now, the, the last couple of questions I want to ask, because I know you're going somewhere. You got flights, you're, you're flying around the country, you got a lot of things going on. So thank you for taking the time today. And thank you for committing to be a part of this initiative as we move forward. Right. So, I mean, you know, what does it mean to you for people to know that you decided, you know what, this isn't I'm not even giving a hashtag. Like I am showing up. And what I loved about you, Joe, we talked about this level of accountability. You're like, basically, I'm watching you. Companies, yes. we're here for you, but we're also watching you. Let's talk about this term accountability. What can they expect? I mean, like I said, I'm showing up every month. I've committed to doing these series once a month. We're going to bring people on that are doing great work. Going to get you an opportunity to celebrate them, but also, also, also to celebrate, but also to hold people accountable when they're not doing what they said. Let's talk about what that accountability means and why that accountability from the top, from Joe Handy saying, look, now is the it's time. important. It is. It is so important. We have to. We have to not only be bold and speak up for our community, but we have to ensure that we're actually doing what we say we're going to do. And there's a level of accountability there. It's almost. There's almost has to be some sort of accountability officer or accountability support, I should say, because I don't want to police people. I do want people to understand that you have to be held accountable for the actions that you take, as well as the statements that you make. But we're here to be supportive. You don't have to be out there on your own, but you have to have that self-audit to say, if this is where I want to be, if this is what I want to do, and if this is what I'm committing to do, then we need to make sure that you're actually doing that. And you don't have to do it alone. We're not asking for someone to have all the answers, but be willing to accept some of the answers and be willing to actually do what you say you want to do. <laughs> I love it. Joe, let me tell you what I like to say with this work, this Bigger Than Me success series. What I say to people, I do, I'm doing consulting as well. What I say to people is being in, that is the win. Deciding right. that you want to be a part of a community that's moving forward, that has an aspiration of truly creating an inclusive culture where everyone can thrive. Being in is the win. It doesn't matter where you are, right? right. If you've committed to move on that journey, that's the win. Right. And there doesn't have to be a distinction between doing well as a company, doing well as an individual, and also doing good. They don't have to be mutually exclusive. You can do well and do good at the same time. So there shouldn't be a fear that if you don't do what you say you're going to do, that it's going to have a negative implication. You can do well and do good. I love it. Joe, I got two, two, two last points to talk to you about. 
Now, we decided to call this kickoff session in this next phase of the series, Unapologetically Black, Fostering Inclusion and Living Beyond a Hashtag. Now, we talked about <laughs> living beyond a hashtag. Right. What do you think when you hear the term that Donald Comer, our current board chairman, likes to use? He says this every time I see him, we are unapologetically Black. What do you right. think about when you hear that? That's what do you grounding. Think about it's grounding. It's foundational. The purpose of this organization that was established 51 years ago was to support the Black community. And that is where we've been built on. That was our foundation. And that's where we are 51 years later. We're still focusing on the Black community. So we are unapologetically Black because we are focused on our Black community. We're focusing on uplifting. We're focusing on our Black businesses. We're focusing on our Black entrepreneurs. We're focusing on our Black staff, our Black members. Uh, we are unapologetically, unapologetically Black. I love it. I love it. Now, now, I have to ask you a side question on that. When white corporate sponsors hear that term, what do you say that, to them? Is there something you need to do to help them feel comfortable with that language? Absolutely. So in many cases, you have, you have those circumstances where people say, well, you're focusing on a Black community. I don't see color. And that is probably one of the things that, uh, that I use as a learning or a teachable moment. Because by saying I don't see color negates who I am as an individual. Saying that I don't see color negates everything that my color brings to the table and all the skills that come and all the learning that I had to go through to be where I am. So saying that I don't see color is almost diminishing of the fact that this of the journey that I had to go through. So when I talk to companies, I say, I need you to see color. Mm. I need you to see everything that we had to go through to get to where we are, because there is a story and a narrative in and that of itself that shows the tenacity, the strength of the community that we were able to get here in spite of. Mm. Did you see that? In spite of. There's more to that interview. There's so much more to go. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. So as you can see. As a success coach, part of the work we're going to be doing in 22 is to helping you think about, move forward as it relates to equity and inclusion. Also, living your best life in every way. But right now, we're going to transition to our sponsors for the next show or two, uh, Africans on the East Side. We have two Africans on, on the East Side uh, individuals here. I think we have Karen uh, and Adam, and they're at a vaccination site i think bring them on on nathan nathan let's see where they are it's time to move east this is bigger than me with aoe I like hello it. <laughs> hey how you guys doing <laughs> so angle the camera up i see somebody's stomach i don't see anybody's face that's you adam adam we gotta get you you gotta get you organized a little bit better there you go so uh where are you guys at what's going on Karen, go ahead. Uh, we are in Linwood at a COVID vaccine clinic, bringing the community together to, to get their boosters and the little ones to get their first shot. Oh, my goodness. I love that. Well, why is that so important? Why is it important for you guys to show up and tell people what's going on? That the vaccines are good. <laughs> Why is that so important? Well, the vaccines are keeping people alive. And so people who look like us need to see 
that uh, we are encouraging them. We're getting the shots and we're encouraging them to get the shots. And we're out here in partnership with other uh, African uh, community members who you, who you can see. And, uh, you hey. know, we're working together to, mm -hmm. to reach uh, not just on the east side, but north, south, west, too. <laughs> I love it. Africans on the east side is Africans united. Africans everywhere. Adam, who do you have with you? Give us some names. What communities, what other groups are with you? I have Ma Awadrame, who is the president of the Gambia, Northwest Gambian Association. And Karen, you can ex um, introduce Martha. Is that Martha behind the mask? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, Martha. Martha's been in studio before. Martha was like one of my first guests, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How um, are you? Good. So um, we're in partnership with uh, Northwest Gambian Association. It's uh, Martha, I'm the executive director of Washington State Coalition of African Community Leaders, and I'm representing on the side, uh, African Youth Drug Prevention, one of our, our programs in the, in the coalition. I love it. So, Martha, tell us real quick, this, this Washington State Coalition of African Community Leaders, you brought together, like, how many African organizations? Yeah, so we have, um, actually, since our administration started, administration started in 2020. Can you talk a little bit louder and get closer to the phone? We're, we're having trouble hearing you. Okay. Yeah, so can you better. hear me better? Yeah, so much better, okay. yes. So we originally started, it was founded in 2017 with a handful of African communities. Um, to date, we just pulled the numbers. We've added uh, 50 uh, member organizations, businesses, and individuals mm -hmm. since, uh, yeah, it's a big thing since uh, 2020. Yeah. Th that is awesome. Yeah. So Karen, what else did you guys want to share with us today about what you're doing, Karen and Adam? Well, um, I am out here with my community, like everybody knows, I am an immigrant born and raised in a tiny town called West Africa. And, and um, I love going meeting community. And when uh, Mata and Ma'awa did the first vaccine drive, we Africans on the east side wanted to be part of it so that we can empower our youths and the community to know that when you work together, you gain stuff. So that's why we came in and to help and be together as one. It does not matter where you come from, the walk of life. If you need it, Africans on the East Side is always there to support. And these people are my people. So we're here today. I love it. Do you want to introduce yourself, the person that's with you? Mawa, go ahead. Uh, hi, my name is Awad Rame. I'm the uh, president of the Northwest Seattle Zambia. I can't, I can't really see your face, so I want to make sure so when the recording happens, we can actually see you. So there you go. Yes, can you speak a little louder? Mm -hmm. yeah. My name is Awad Rame. I'm the president of the Northwest Seattle Zambia Association. So I uh, started this in July. Uh, I'm new in the field, but uh, due to these good sisters here are uh, helping me to learn more and get more educated in helping the community, which I really appreciate. Uh, especially uh, Marta, I do a lot with Marta. I bother her asking her a lot of things so that I can uh, get myself educated in the community, serving the community. So I appreciate that. And today we are doing a vaccine drive. The first one I did it uh, with the coalition, which is Marta's uh, coalition, the Western coalition. And Marta did see the turnout of it and told me, you can do this again. 
uh, but anyway, argue on the background to support what you can do with your community. I mean, today we did it again. So, which is very successful. I'm so proud of these ladies. And especially Sister Adam, that's my sister. I always bother her all the time. I know her for a long time and it's my sister and it's my auntie too. My uncle's wife. I love it. What, what I love about y'all is that there's such love there. Adam, everybody loves you who meets you. It's because you're so authentic. You're so real. I hear Martha laughing because she's like, yes, yes, and yes. What do y'all got to say about Adam? Because she don't like talking about herself. She doesn't like it when people say wonderful things. So let's just say some wonderful things about Adam. What else you got to say about Adam, Martha and Karen? Um. <laughs> Adam Adam is a people connector. He's a people connector. There's nobody who's off limits. Yeah. And um and she's an action taker, I think, right? Like so yeah. what is it you need and she'll be there to uh support um you know and and, and keep it I love it. Adam, th thank you so much. Was there anything else you guys in particular wanted to share with people? What if so you're talking to someone who doesn't have a vaccine? What would you say to them? What if, what if you heard from someone that said, uh, vaccines are going to kill me? Like, what, what would you guys say? Uh, what, what would be your recommend? What, what would you want to share with your people? Let's all just get, get vaccinated if you, if you are able Yeah, I mean, there are millions of people who have gotten, billions of people who have gotten the vaccine and who are still standing here. And most of the people who end up in the hospital did not have vaccines, especially in the beginning. And so um, I know there was a lot of caution in the bidding, in the, in the beginning. And only a few people were getting them, but now we're billions in, and it's we have evidence that it's saving lives. And so I just encourage you to get the vaccine, uh, to keep your family safe, to keep your children safe. The little ones under five, they can't get vaccines. I don't want to give my granddaughter COVID because I didn't get a vaccine. Mm -hmm. So we still want you to mask. We still want you to try to keep your distance and wash your hands. And if you're sick, stay home. But the vaccines are making a difference and they're saving lives. And I um, just want to say that for all that are listening to the information coming from people who actually got vaccinated, really think, stop and think about why did they do it? Um, a lot of people are um, getting vaccinated because they know it saves lives and they know people personally who have been affected from COVID. <laughs> I think I think we all know someone who's died, right? Like we all know people yeah. who who have died who are no longer, you know, with us. So I think the seriousness is is undeniable. And I just want to say thank you guys for being in the field doing the work. You're not just talking about it. You're women of action. I love it. Adam, what else you got to say to people about AOE? What 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 else would you like to share? I know you got a lot of things going on. What's next for you guys? Well, um, like I said, I usually don't tell people where I am or what I'm en embarking on. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to be doing something exciting happening. And I can't wait for people to see across the globe what's going to be happening next for AOE. And I'm excited. Mm -hmm. And AOE is family oriented and everybody is welcome to be part of us. 
I I love it. I love it. I love it. So next week we're gonna have some exciting. Next week is the Sunday after Christmas, and there's gonna be some other uh, remote broadcasts. I know there's gonna be some exciting things happening with you guys calling in from different locations. So tune in for that next week. And if I had to ask you just one final question about the importance of African communities, especially during this time of the year when we have to pause and think about you know what we're all so grateful for. Anybody want to share? Thoughts about what you're grateful for or anything else you want to share? Um, yes, the many blessings that come from some uh, families and um, as well as family alike. I, I feel like uh, this group has brought so much joy to the community and to each other. So, um, uniting as Africans in the diaspora is very um, critical to the survival of um, health and wealth. I love it. So, so real quick, Martha, since you, you, you're, AOE is relatively new, relatively new. I know Adam, Adam has been doing this work for decades, right? But AOE, the formation of that group is relatively new. Anything you want to share about like how amazing they are, that they're the group that's like doing all these great things? Like any final words you want to share, Adam? Anybody want to share? we got like two minutes left. And you can close it. Karen, do you want to close? Mm-hmm. Karen and Martha, I'll let you guys. Uh, sure. Yeah, well, um, as Martha said, I mean, we, we're connecting, we're connecting communities and uh, the African community is, is vibrant, uh, does not have to hide. We're pulling people out. We're saying, you don't have to hide, celebrate. Um, celebrate who you are. Don't be shy about being yourself and sharing your culture. Um, so we are looking forward to partnerships with these wonderful ladies, these wonderful organizations to show our children that they don't have to pretend to be something they're not. They can celebrate every part of their culture. Mm-hmm. Many of them grew up in the U.S., yep. but their 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 roots are on the motherland, and so we want to remind them of that and help them celebrate it and learn more about it. Mm. And that's that's what we're trying to do. Yes, yes, yes. I love it. Okay, first of all, let me just say how grateful I am for each of you. I know we have one more show together. Uh, but know that I am with you in whatever you're doing moving forward. I am so excited that you're there with this this work. I think we have how many seconds left? We got a whole minute left. Who wants the last 60 seconds? Adam, throwing it over to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can close it with um, wishing each and every one of you happy holidays, safe holidays, and keeping your spirit up high. And like I said, don't be a stranger to Africans on the east side. Just go on Google. If you type us like it is, Africans on the east side, we're there. We respond to you and to my youth leaders and my youths out there. I'm always here and Africans on the east side is here. Have a safe. I love it. We lost the sound there. But what I can tell you is it's in the doing. Success is in the doing. It's not about talking about a thing. It's about doing the thing. So I just want to say thank you so much for Adam, Deba, Karen, Martha, everyone who's there. Thank you guys so much. This has been amazing. This is Tracy Harrell. It's bigger than me, but together it's not bigger than us. We got this. Bye. (laughs) Bye -bye. Bye-bye.